Scruffy Audio Network. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. I'm here with um, another Italian brother of mine. His name is Nicky Delmonico. He's a professional baseball player. Um, on Fridays at 8.15, I usually do my podcast, and he just got through training. And I'm going to sit down with him and chat for about 40 minutes on um, a whole bunch of different topics. So we're going to make this thing go sideways, okay? But I do open up. The Wood Gym came up with podcasts about a year ago about type A personalities, driven people, um, wake up thinking how to get better, go to sleep thinking how to get better. You're one of those guys. So the beauty of my podcast is these aren't guests. These are people actually train with me. And it makes it really cool because once you sit down and put a microphone to somebody, I learned things about that guest that or client or, or, or brother that I would never know before. So... I always open up the show. I'm sure you've listened to all 36 of my podcasts. None. None. My Italian brother supports me. I appreciate that. All right. Nikki D. Nikki Delmonico. Blue eyes. Crazy eyes. When did you know that you were different? Um, I would say, I guess, at a really young age. Um, being a bad boy for my dad, um, I felt like I, I, um, I got my passion and my love of the game for my dad. Um, but that was my happy place. Um, my, like I said, my teachers, um, had my homework ready for me on Friday because I was leaving to go with my dad's team. Um, I loved being at the field. I loved driving in with them. Um, I loved being in the dugout. Um, it was one of the coolest experience that I've had as a childhood and, um, that's when I, I found my passion and that's, and I kind of looked around and I, I, I didn't see anybody else like me. I didn't see anybody else driven to, um, care about, I mean, I, I go home on the car ride home and like dad, who we sign and who we get, you know, at, at eight years old. And your, your dad is, uh, Rod DeMonico. And he was, he was the head coach at Tennessee for, um, you know, 18 years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you were a little kid rolling around with him. Yeah. Okay. And I, I always wondered, um, about everything. I wanted to know who who is he recruiting? Who's this guy? Who's that guy? He's going to help us win a you know, College World Series. Um, and, you know, you can verify with JP and Luke. I was always around. Um, and that's when I kind of felt like, you know, um, I was different. That's when – that's – so different as in, like, the passion for the game? Is yeah, it, yeah, I just um, – I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody finds their hobby and their love, but right. I found it at a young age. I found it, um, you know, through my dad, and um, I just loved it. I picked it up, and I've, it's never left me. I've always had that passion, that love, and, um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're back. Um, it's been since 2012-13 that we trained, and, and you were, you're were you saying you were only 21 then? Not even. I was 20. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 27 and then, uh, now. And then, you know, you're, you've gone through a whole bunch of different lanes of life. And now at 2019, we're back. And, and uh, it feels good having you in here. It really does. So take me through take me through the journey of Nikki's baseball life from when I saw you to now. All right. So in 2012, I was training here. And, and that's the first time we trained, right? Right. Okay. And, um, you know, I go off and I play minor league ball um, for my second year. Um, that's when I was in high A with uh, 
Did you get drafted out of high school? I did. And what what round? What? I was sixth round, um, and I was supposed to go to the University of Georgia, so I had a tough decision to make, either go and play with my brother or sign out of high school and go play professionally. Who would you get drafted with? Baltimore Orioles. Got it. Oh, yeah, I got my helmet right there. Yeah. Okay. And then um, so I go off and play, and um, that was, for me, the toughest time because um, I was prescribed – or I had a script for Adderall when I was in high school, my junior okay. year and um, my senior year. And, I, you know, I took it for school, and um, I go off. And two years later, I never really had a problem. You know, it helped my studies. And then I go off to um, pro ball, and I get approved by Major League Baseball to take this medication. Um, you know, I didn't know what it was going to do to me. I didn't know I was going to have to lean on this every single day. Um, and I go off and play, and it was my second year where I – really started to create a bad habit. Um, I don't know if you know the minor leagues, but, you know, the first two levels, low and high, you're on 15-hour bus rides going throughout the night, and you get there at 10 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, you go to your hotel, you might sleep for a few hours, um, and the buses aren't nice, and you wake up and you have to play again. So that's when I started to abuse my medication. Um, You know, I wanted to be alert for the game. This is my job. I, you know... um, I would take these, this medicine to help get me up and, um, you know, help me be alert for the game. And from there, it was a downward spiral. Um, I ended up um, taking more. I built up a tolerance. Um, halfway through, I get traded to, um, to Milwaukee in 2013. And I go to Milwaukee, and um, I just, I'm not in a good place mentally. Um, kind of sad I got traded. Um, playing with a whole new team, have to go from Frederick, Maryland, all the way down to Florida midseason and, you know, join this team that I have nobody, I have really no idea anybody who's who I'm going to meet. And um, I start abusing my medication more. Um, go into that off season and really um, don't know what to do. I call, I'm trying to get off this medicine Oh, by the way, when I was earlier, my first two years, I couldn't sleep. So I, I, you know, I call up the doctor and I'm like, hey, I can't sleep. So what do they do? They give me Ambien. So now at 20, 21 years old, I'm relying on something to get me up and put me down as a 20 year old to play this sport. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm with the Brewers and I go into that off season after 2013 and I try to um, reach out to MLB and I'm like, okay, I need this medication canceled i don't i I don't want to um any more scripts anything else i need to stop taking this because i physically can't um you know i'll try and then the doctor sends me a script hey here you go which is easy go to the pharmacy get a script and next thing you know i'm taking more than i need and staying up multiple nights um you know my mind's going crazy i'm losing my mind and i don't know how i got there so i need to put a stop to it i um call MLB and their understanding. And um, from there, I, uh, I'm i going to an outpatient program, which is very humbling. I had to set myself back in, and I missed that spring training going into 2014. So I'm doing this outpatient program. And when did I come see you in Arizona? Was it 2014? 2014. And, and uh, you came – you know, you unfolded a lot of stuff, and we were down the lobby at, at the at the bar. Yeah. That right? was kind of the mix of everything. I was going through it, and I was battling. I mean, I'd be good for a week and terrible for two weeks. 
and that's kind of the process I was going through. Um, but 2014, I missed my spring training and I'm doing this outpatient program and I go off to, um, well, I come back and I, you know, play in their extended spring and then I leave for, to go back to where I was traded to high in Brevard County and I'm doing well. I feel good. It's the first time I've been off this medication for a while. And, um, you know, before in all my baseball bags, I'd, I'd have, I'd have so many scripts that I just leave them all around. So it's about a month in and I'm like, all right, I'm going to unpack. We got an off day. Like I'm going to unpack and do everything. So I'm unpacking all my stuff. And what do I find? I find three Adderalls at the bottom of my bag. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What do I do? My, my attic self, I take the three, clean up my whole house. Everything's clean. And I just felt this guilt laying down in bed that night. And I go in the next day and um, I go into my manager's office. And I'm like, hey, listen, I messed up. I, uh, I, you know, I took Adderall and you, you know, just come and clean with it. And he was like, Hey, no worries. All this, we called in major league baseball and we were trying to talk to them and, um, they're like, it's okay. We're glad you reached out. Unfortunately, after I left my coach's office, I go back into the clubhouse and there's a drug test for the entire team. So obviously I know what's ahead of me. I know I'm going to fail this test. Um, and that's when the most depressed I've ever been. Because I've been always about respecting the game, playing hard. Um, and again, this is my first passion. This is the thing that I love the most and I've always loved. So now I know I'm, I'm about to get tested positive for, um, you know, Adderall. And I don't know what to do. Um, so there again, after I test, I, I go off a deep end. I start doing more and then I get to the point where I'm like, I need to go home. I left the season in high, went back to... Um, Arizona, and I'm on my couch just waiting for the day to get the call saying, hey, you're suspended. And, um, you know, I'm using more and more, and I got to the point where one day I get the phone call, and then what do I do? I'm on Twitter, I'm on social media, just this guy, this selfish SOB, you know, all this terrible things, which is not helping my depression. So I'm reading all this stuff terrible about me, um, I have no idea what to do. Um, I'm in a terrible place. And that's when I started to go to all my rehab places, in and out of three rehabs, um, just battling going in and, you know, crying. And, you know, I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm, I'm like crying in these places. I'm like, why am I here? How did I get here? I lost baseball. I lost my family. I lost everybody. Um, I've never cried so much in my life. I've never been so up and down. And... um it got all the way to 2015. Um, I told the brewers, you know, I'm done. I'm not coming back for you guys. You guys got to release me. I was just in a terrible place. And, um, you know, for them to deal with me, I, you know, I was just, I was awful. And I finally got a phone call from them saying, Hey, you know, we released you in 2015. And I actually went down to the zoo by my house. And I the only place I found happiness was at this zoo right by my house in surprise. So I went there to, um, I, uh, I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to work here. So they're like, all right, you got to come for a week for training at the zoo, at the zoo in surprise, Arizona. Zoo. So it's like, uh, basically you have to go through and then from there you can probably, you know, we can tell you if you got the job or not. So the next day I got a call from my agent and goes, Hey, the white Sox want to sign you. What do you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But I still wasn't right. Um, 
and I go into the White Sox and this is 2015, 2015 spring training. And I'm same thing. I'm up and down. I'm still abusing this medication. I'm trying to hide it. You know, I'm trying to hide the fact that I'm fine. Um, so you're taking two, two pills. Oh, I'm supposed to, I'm taking multiple. I'm taking this stuff like Skittles. Literally. Upper, uppers and downers. Uh, well, right. no, no more downers, just straight uppers. Straight uppers. Uh, Are you drinking on this? No. I just, no. I've, I've never mixed anything with this drug. Um, besides when I was playing, I'd take the Ambien to put me to sleep. But at this point, um, I didn't like the Ambien. I just went straight with uppers. Um, so do you, do you also battle depression? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're up three days in a row without sleeping, you start seeing stuff. You start... I mean, it, it was a crazy, crazy run. And that was normal. I'd be up for three days without sleeping. And then I'd crash for a day, two days. You know, my whole family would wonder where I'd disappear from my family. It was, it was, you know, rock bottom. So you, you're you with the White Sox. Yeah. And, spring uh, training. Spring training in 2015. You're not going to take the zoo job. No. Skip the zoo job. Skip so I'm going, the zoo job. Going back to. Um, Note to self, Ben. <laughs> Go back to playing, and I'm I'm struggling. Um, you know, I, w- I showed up late to mini camp. Um, Buddy Bell dragged me in, and you know he's telling me what's going on, all this. And there was um, one day where I come in for physicals, and I'm just I'm all weirded out. I'm, I haven't slept for two days, and I'm there. And I remember sneaking out, jumping the fence, and running to my car, and going to the front parking lot of the stadium. And I I called Buddy Bell, and I remember crying to him out front and saying. I can't, I can't, you know, do this. I'm not right. I need help. And I owe him, Buddy Bell and Tommy Thompson, my life. Um, Buddy Bell told me, Nikki, leave the game. Go get yourself right. Um, baseball will be here when you're ready. So I left, and I still was at home for that next week, not wanting to leave. And Tommy Thompson would call me every single day saying, hey, we need to get you to a place. And I would ignore his calls. And then finally one day... It's like five days later, I was like, okay. So I accepted. I, I go into this rehab place for 45 days, the longest I've ever stayed. And um, that's when I slowly started to turn things around. Um, but it didn't end there. So I come out of rehab, and, you know, first two weeks I, I use again. And I'm just like, I, I can't beat this thing, man. And what are you using? Adderall. Adderall. So yeah. Adderall's your... Yeah, and you know, for you listeners and viewers out there, I didn't expect all this. I expected, you know, just a normal conversation. Maybe, you know, for you to unload on that—that's that's pretty damn special. So it's definitely not easy. Um, I've shared my story, but I haven't shared it like this before. Wow. Um, I, I've touched up on stuff, but I haven't even come close to saying the stuff I'm saying now. And um, for me, when I when I got out of the 45 day rehab, I used again. And I'm like, I can't beat this thing. I can't win. I can't do anything. So and is this a kid that never touched anything all through high school? Nothing. I mean, you seem like the type of kid that was yeah, so pure I, and driven. And I mean, when I'm at a young age, I was told, hey, I can't study well. You go in to see a doctor and you're like, yeah, I'm having trouble reading. I'm having trouble this. Okay, well, hey, here's a script. Try, uh, you know, 20 milligrams twice a day Adderall. See if that helps. I mean, I didn't know. I'm listening to a doctor, you know. It's... um I think he knows everything. So what do I do? I do it and it works. You know, it wakes you up like that. And that's when it started. Yeah. Um, and in high school, in high school, 
so I'm now 2015. Um, just got a rehab. Season, spring training's over. Season started with the White Sox. With the White Sox, and I'm just they don't know where I am. You know, I told them I'd call them whenever I'm back, and I came home and I'm kind of lingering around. And then I told my mom I'm going to an outpatient program again. And home is Knoxville. Now, now I'm in Surprise. Okay, Arizona. you're in Surprise. Yeah, Arizona. so I'm in, doing all my rehab stuff out there, and then. I go to um, Wickenburg, Arizona, and I remember I'm there at this hotel for a week. You know, family thinks I'm in an outpatient program. No one knows where I'm at. And I'd go up and sit at this pool every single night. And what just, do you mean you're at a hotel for a week? You just I just went up to... to went uh, off the grid? Yeah, went off the grid. Just at this hotel, sitting, you know, at this pool. And this pool had no pool, like, water in it. It was just empty. You have to take these stairs. It was like... I'm pretty sure I was the only one staying at this hotel. And nobody knows you're there. Nobody. Nobody knows where I'm at. Um, and I'm just sitting at this pool like, what am I going to do with my life? Literally, I came to the point where I'm like, I felt like when you're driving and you're at a dead end. I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to fight? Am I going to do anything? And I just told myself, I'm like, okay, you're going to come back to baseball. And you're going to try to be the best teammate you can be. You're going to love the game, and you're going to try to reconnect with your family. I told myself, try to do these three things. That's it. And you're by yourself in this I'm hotel. I'm by myself. Like in, in a hotel. In a hotel. Just- um, so next day, I call the White Sox, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm ready to come back. Now, was I really? No. But I came back, and I told myself I'm going to smile every day, all these things, enjoy being at the game. And um, I come back, and I, I – Halfway through All-Star break 2015, I joined Loe. And um, I'm in Loe, Kannapolis. And first game back, I uh, I walk in my just four-pitch walk, but my second AB, I hit a home run to right. And I'm like sitting there like, I haven't picked up a bat in a year and a half, all this. Hit a home run, hit a triple, almost hit for the cycle. And um, back in the league where I first started. Play there for two weeks, and then I get moved up to AA, Birmingham, and um, that's when I started to get my groove. I found a great group of guys. I did the three things that I told myself, and I built on that. So this is something that I have come through my own. Um, you know, I didn't go to rehab and I was fixed. It was baseball, my love that I had that kind of helped me um, get through everything. And then, you know, the rest is the past. I, I go back to I go to the fall league that year, uh, play all right, Um Start out in um, double A the next year in 2016, get moved up to triple A. Um, next offseason, 2017, uh, have my first big league camp. I do really well, hit like five homers, 265, go to Charlotte, and then. Um, Charlotte's what? Charlotte's triple A. Got it. And uh, that's August 1st is when I got called up to the big leagues. What year? Uh, 2017. So all this stuff that I, I kind of skipped through, but. That mentality of the three things, it um, it helped me get back to myself. It helped me find the love. Um, and for the longest time, I was afraid to come home, um, back to Knoxville. Um, but I beat it, um, the mental grind of just struggling. And what were you afraid to come home to Knoxville? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I left. Um I just left. I, I don't know why I was afraid. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that I was just I was just scared to come home for some reason. Um, I was even scared to come back in here for the first time. I mean, that's that's you know what what you know. Glad you made your way back to the wood gym 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that was one of my notes that I was writing over there while you were chalk talking uh, with a couple of the other guys in here. Um, I didn't realize you were such a savage. You played on the, the USA. Uh, is it all-star team or just USA? USA? They have USA 16 under and then USA 18 under. And then like they have a college team. They have a bunch of different levels. And you played three years. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you were, you know, I know we weren't mic'd up, but like the names that you were on the team with you were the two names were who? Bryce Harper and uh, Manny Machado. And 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 Nicky Delmonico's in that. You mm-hmm. know, so that's that's the thing, hopefully, that um as we say in the uh, therapy business, we're gonna peel back the onion and 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 go, Okay, now you're twenty seven. Where are those years? So those years were lost because of addiction? I say so. Um I kind of um, set myself back probably three years. Right. Um, right. and you know, I, I think I put physical abuse on my body that I had to get back. Um, and then also when I came back, I was dealing with injuries, so I could never really get to a hundred percent. Um, and you know, fortunate for me right now, it's, it's the best I've ever felt. Yeah. So at 27, 27 years old, what's next? Um, right now, what's next is coming in here every day. I, I, you know, I'm a free agent right now. Um, (laughs) I get the question every day, where are you going to end up? Who are you going to be with? I was like, man, that's out of my control. I don't know. There's certain teams that I, you know, I'd like to go to, but the things I can control is coming in here every day, working hard, doing the things that I can control. Why, why you're Nikki Delmonico. It's just like a Harrison Smith, you know, the safety for the Minnesota Vikings, um, you could go anywhere in the country. You could do anything you want to do training-wise. Why'd you pick to come home first to Knoxville, and then why the wood gym? Because there's other places, even in not, you go up to University of Tennessee and train for free. Yeah. Well, why here? The I know why Harrison Smith does yeah. it. That's like a son to me at eighth grade starting out, and I think we would have had that same relationship. But why you? That mentality of coming to the wood gym every single day, um, the training, yes, all the things we do here is unbelievable. But I remember playing when I first trained here and leaving just about that confidence, that, that, that the fear of failure. I didn't, I didn't feel that after I left here. Cause I felt like when I came here, I was so mentally strong. I was so mentally tough that I felt like I did everything I could for when I go out in the field, if I strike out, if I did it, it was fine. I could wipe it off because I know that I did everything possible in the wood gym training, getting up every day, you know, training on, I remember we trained on Christmas Eve. We, we, we trained on Thanksgiving. It was like, and every day I remember you saying, no one else is doing this. No one else is getting up. Everybody else is sleeping. It was just those things that brought confidence to me as a player and as a person. And I know I needed that. I was like, listen, I, I finally got surgery. I'm healthy. Um, I'm a free agent. I'm 27. I'm still young. I still got about six, seven years in me. But I need that. I need to come back to the wood gym. I need to get that confidence back um, to take me to the next level. And and I guess you know, it's it's bizarre how we we click when we see each other again because it's not like we keep in touch. I know like DMs or whatever. I'll say a comment. You always say something back. You're always gracious enough. But it's not like um, phone calls once a week for the last three or four years or whatever. It's just one of those places where. 
I don't know if you feel that way or it's just what I give off of like, hey, I know he's going to take me back. I, I don't have to talk to him for three or four years and he's going to welcome me back. There's always no hard feelings of, of anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's well, like, it's the love you give. It's awesome. Like, you you know, you're like the godfather to me. You know, oh. you, you just open, you know, arms wide open. Um, you know, I haven't been here in 2012, but I walked through the first day and I feel like I'm walking back home. It feels like I in I only trained here for one off season, but it felt the the warming feeling I got after coming here. Shoot, what it was been you know eight seven years, mm-hmm. and coming back in and just that warm feeling. I've this last week has been the best week of my life. Coming in training every day, the feeling even though I've been waking up, taking baby steps down the stairs, sore as can be. Right, but right. It's the best feeling. Um, We're just glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just like J.P. Aaron Sebia, the catcher that I trained with Toronto and uh, Tampa, and he was even with Baltimore for a minute. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were working out, and uh, you know, he lived with me when he trained, and then he came in, happened to come in the same week that you started. And I even asked him today, I was like, why are you here this week? He's like, well, to help UT and see Tony. And then, you know, I had to get my wood gym in. And whatever that is for everybody, whether it's spiritual or or whatever it is, it's always like, cool. You know, like, okay, because he's been looking forward to it. You know, even Saturday morning, he's like, hey, I want to see the doc group that comes in. So I think it like, um, you know, it's like soul food, like fills the soul or something mm-hmm. as the wood gym does, you know. So you're 27. Okay. By the way, you can't get you can go anywhere else. I've trained so many places. I've trained at my spring training um with the White Sox, you know, I've gone to so many gyms. Um you can't get what you get here. It's it's a family. It's like, you know, coming in here every morning, chatting it up, uh working out. Everybody's pushing you. It's it's something different here. And I think that's why JP comes back. It's the love. It's the feel now he might have something different, but that's what I see. I mean, he's not playing Obviously, he wants to stay fit, but it's the he can go anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. For him to come back here, not playing, it's you know just like how Luke comes. It's it's the family aspect. It's you know the love in the wood gym. It's I think that's why people come. Well, and and that's why I get along with you guys is you had dreams as a little kid, and you're living them, and I had dreams as a little kid, and I'm living it, and I think that pours over to everybody of you could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, even the Emily that's doing the WWE, and you have everybody in here going for it, right. you know, because they believe it because they have a guy that's not disgruntled or nasty or mean and not happy with his life. He's like, every day I wake up, I'm living a dream. It's not like going to work. It's going it's going to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but we get fun and we get after the workouts and then, um, you know, tonight you're coming over and we'll do a fire pit and eat and hopefully not choke. <laughs> And, and, you know, start again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, please, no choking. No choking. Yeah, and then we'll get the whistle for Holly. <laughs> the dude signed a bat for me saying, thanks for saving my life. I mean, I'm a real-time hero. I mean, it's amazing how humble I am with it. That's the first time I've ever choked, too, in my life. That's the first time I, at 51 years of age, had to perform the Heimlich. And I, I think... Now, looking back on it, I'm going to stroke myself a little. I'm going to be really selfish, not selfless this time, and, and talk about the self-confidence that I build up that I could save anybody. Ben, you okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I got like three questions. 
Um, I won't keep you long. I know you got tons of things to do. What's the best advice you've been given, and how has that influenced your life? Um, my dad told me one time he talked to Pete Rose, and Pete Rose, um, he asked Pete Rose, um, you know, I have three kids that play baseball. Is there anything you can give um, to me that I can give to my kids? And Pete Rose told my dad, tell them to never be satisfied. So my dad told me that. And, you know, you kind of think about that. It's like um, whatever you accomplish in this life, you can always settle. You can always, And I think as an athlete, it is very good to um, celebrate in your goals, but to be caught up into it. It, it could be a distraction. It can be, um, you know, a setback. So for, you know, whatever you achieve in this world um, is to stay hungry, um, to never be satisfied. So whether you win state championships, you know, what's next? Always have the mindset of an athlete of what's next. What's next for me um, after you complete goals? I think the biggest thing is to, you know, create another list. Mm-hmm. And that's how you continue going. And I think that's what he meant to to say to my dad and um, for you to never get stuck. Um, just like in life, you know, you make your list every single day mm-hmm. of your goals. So to me, it's like never be satisfied. What's next? Seize the day, um, and don't get caught up in the the awards. Whatever you do, you know, um, take it in, but always, always find something to do next. It's always what's next. What's next? All right, I like it. Uh-huh. Never be satisfied. We talk about that as going through the motions, uh, status quo. I think I posted on my Instagram a, a, a while back ago, maybe a couple months ago. Is uh, you know averages for suckers you know i mean you could wake up and do nothing and be average you know be be extraordinary that day and what does that extraordinary look for you but you said it never settle going through the motions uh status quo this is what it is that's not here at the wood gym because you know everybody's going for goals whether it's uh, a gentleman at body weight or you going you know, I want to play in the league seven more times, maybe get some three or four all-stars, whatever it is, those goals, let's go for those. And I think everybody in the wood gym is pretty driven, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, what, 13 to 16 deep at 5.45 a.m. in the morning and, and going after some very intense workouts. That says a lot about the mindset of everybody and even you being in here, seeing the high school kids and going, these high school kids are getting up, well, they're Patron guys. You know what I'm saying? But you're a Patron guy because of who you are. I didn't make you a Patron guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I always say that. It's like you just found something that fits you. It's not like I developed you. And I, I take credit for having a place that people could go to and fit in because mm-hmm. I really feel like we're the land of the misfits because we we are always pushing the envelope and doing the extraordinary things to where it would be easy just to settle and be status quo and we never compare ourselves with someone else you know like i always said to you it's you against you and i think that's the best way is like my competition is me and i think if you always think that you know getting up out of bed or having to go do a mountain bike when you don't want to or or you know you're working a 16 hour day i mean that's the edge you know when you, when i wake up from a two thirty six a.m to a four thirty a.m and it's 12 o'clock and i'm like whoa my eyes are getting heavy i'm like what already been up for nine hours, you know, and, and it's, you could take on so much more when you do so much more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Second question. Given the journey you've been on, what's the one piece of advice you'd pass to our listeners and viewers? 
Um, the one piece of advice with the journey you've been on. Well, for me. Uh, and it's been one hell of a journey. Yeah. Um, to all the people, I mean, I might touch one person with this, but um, it comes back to my uh, Adderall situation. Um, for me, I was, I never, like as an athlete, if you want to achieve a goal, you got to, you got to come in, you got to work out, you got to put in the effort, you got to, you know, you got to sweat and sweat and sweat to achieve your goals. Um, it's the same thing as studies, you know, in the, in the classroom. Like I never worked in the classroom like I did with, you know, athletics. And I, that's the one mistake I wish or regret I could go back and do. Um, I took the easy way out. As in, you know, I went to a doctor and I was like, I'm having trouble studying. Um, and I think to be a great student, you got to do the same thing. You got to force yourself to read. You got to learn ways. You got to do things to um, to be a great student. Um, and I took the easy way out and I went to a doctor and got Adderall. And it fixed me like that. And um, the biggest thing in advice to me is there's different ways around ADD, ADHD. I feel like God bless us all with a little bit. Um, but don't take the easy way out in anything. Always find a way to push yourself and bust through that door and you'll be surprised what you find. Uh, and that's what I say. You just hit the word easy. And that's what I put on some of the workouts when I write them. Ben, you might want to read this. Easy way, hard life. Hard way, easy. Holy shit, Holly. What was that? <laughs> that was the cashews. Again? You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna do your magic. When we talked about easy and hard, your choices, you know, like, like you took the easy way out and then your life was harder, even though you were drafted. But if you did the hard choices, you make an easy life. And I was telling a couple of clients and athletes in here, like, well, I don't want an easy life. I'm like, I'm not talking about easy life. It's just smoother because you did the hard things first and, and you, you, um, Took them on, you know, like like you were just talking about. If I would have done this, it maybe would have gotten better, and I would have been seven years right now in the MLB. Mm-hmm. But I took the Adderall way instead of, you know what I'm saying? Which in the long run made it even harder. <laughs> so it's like you got to face it one day. Right. It's just like running from the beast. One day you're going to have to come back and face them, and right. it was even harder then than when I first started. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, this, this, this is a really good podcast of, of, you know, you open it up and, and again, the wood gym is so real and, and your being real is, is, it's going to hit on a lot of people. All right. Last question. What absolutely excites you right now? Waking up at five fifteen in the morning and coming in here to work out, sitting down in here. It's like, this is my favorite drug. Like coming in here, working out, being around everybody. Um and to me it's the best drug because you're 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 coming in here and it's you know, most drugs you take, it's terrible after effect. This right. is good for your body. This is awesome. Um it's good for the brain. It's it's the best thing to get out. Um it's the fear of coming here first before it was you know, it's it's terrible. It's like, man, I'm not, I'm not in shape. I'm, I'm going to die my first workout. Um, you know, but you get through that first week of coming here, you won't ever leave. Um, and that's why, um, 
you know, I finally came back. I was like, I, I finally missed that feeling. I want that feeling. And this past week has been the best week of my life. So waking up, hearing my alarm clock go off at 5.15 a.m. every morning is, that's what excites me. Well, and that's what we talk about, the pull and the push is you're not pushed to get in the gym, you're pulled. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, an arm's reaching to pull you in the gym. And I could tell from Monday to Friday, you already have a different swag. And yeah. the swag doesn't mean a cocky swag. That just means, hey, I'm home. I feel good. I'm going in the right direction. And like you were talking about the best drug, and that leads us into the Lost Generation series that I'm doing with Dr. James Chu of it's a win-win when you train or move or exercise, you know, like anything else from the drugs to the drinking to the smoking, you might get your high or, or the sugar of the wine, you might get your high, but then there's a negative after effect. Mm-hmm. With this, it's positive, positive. Right. Like you said, mentally, physically, you feel so much better. And, you know, you're you're looking at 9.15, you've already been up close to five hours, you know, that's a that's a pretty good edge because that's what I that's what my edge has taken me through is is we're gonna outwork people and now you being so talented with with the smart work that you're doing and the people you're around I mean the sky's the limit for you wouldn't right. you say Well, I wish I knew what I knew when I was 20 now, but you know I, I went through the experience I went through everything and I'm so glad now I'm finally healthy for the first time in a long time. 27, I feel like. Um, you know, mentally, I'm the strongest I've ever been, and I'm so happy I made the choice to come here to, you know, to see where I can go now. Because um, when I was training here, I was on Adderall back into that, so I was I wasn't able to put my full, um, you know, self. You know, I'm, I'm eating right, um, I'm sleeping right, I'm doing all the little things now that I still, when I was first here, I wasn't doing everything. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know what next year has for me, what this off season, where I can get my body to, um, and also mentally. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you made the step to come back here. And, you know, I'm going to hold you to next off season. Oh, I'm you here. Know, you I, got you know, me for a while. I, and, and, you know, I got a big house with a lot of bedrooms, so you can stay with me if you want. You know, the two Italian guys living together, that could be a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that you took this time to sit down and chat with me. And it was a pretty heavy show of um, where you've come from to where you want to go. So I love you, man. I'm so glad that you're here with us, and it's going to be a great offseason. Oh, it's all love, and I appreciate you having me, brother. Thanks, Nikki.